From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hello, this is the IFN Podcast. My name is Nisreen and I'll be your host today. In this episode, we are speaking to Ahmed Permana, the CEO and President Director of Bank Muamalat Indonesia, which is also the country's first fully-fledged Islamic bank. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ahmed. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about um, Bank Muamalat Indonesia's recent restructuring exercise, which, if I'm not mistaken, was completed around September of last year. Uh, can you maybe walk us through how that went? Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Nassim, for having me to join this uh, podcast. Before I start uh, sharing about the details of the deal, uh, allow me to introduce uh, the Bank Muamarat itself. Um, Bank Muamarat was the first Islamic banking in Indonesia. So we started operating in 1992. So just early this month, we celebrate our 30th uh, anniversary. The establishment was very monumental because at the time um, it was a noble dream from almost Muslim in Indonesia to have our own Sharia banking. This, uh, the establishment was held by Indonesia Council of Ulamas. And the uniqueness of this bank, um, when we established it the first time, we involved almost 150,000 pilgrim huts to buy the share at the time. So the bank is owned by almost 380,000 uh, uh, people in, in Indonesia. In the last, um, after the, the corporate action last year, so the bank is now owned by, by the uh, hedge funds, uh, the, the, the government body who manage the, the hedge fund of Indonesia. With regard to the, the, the deal itself, so the background of why the deals happen is actually um, our strategy in order to release the low performance portfolio in our group. So as you know, during 2019, so the, the portfolio of the banks getting worse and we have almost up to 10 trillion of the portfolio to be released from our book. We have to also change up the ownership of the banks because the previous uh, shareholders could not top up the, um, the capital to the bank. So oh, oh, that's, I think, the, 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 the main background of the deal. We, we were trying to release some of the bad book from our book and we use the asset sale as the, 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 the strategy of uh, releasing uh, of the bad, bad bank from our book. And uh, uh, could you share with us the uh, organizations that were involved in the restructuring exercise? I'm from, if I'm not mistaken, there were at least two other parties that were involved in it. Yes, um, in this um, uh, asset sale transaction, we involve not only two parties because we involve uh, our shareholders, of course, definitely because they have to, to transfer the ownership. But we involve also um, special, asset, special asset management body of the government, uh, the most experienced in managing the bad bank in this country. Uh, during the crisis 1998, this, this body is the, the one appointed by the government to manage all the bad bank of the, uh, of the government, uh, bad bank at the time, right? So, uh, and also because it's the first uh, Islamic transaction, we involve also the super, um, Sharia uh, supervisory because this is uh, the first um, Islamic transaction in this country. 
Yeah. Uh, the first of its kind. Yeah. First Islamic restructuring. This is also the biggest um, Islamic restructuring in, in Indonesia. And what could, what would you say were the biggest challenges for maybe for all of the parties involved during this time, during the restructuring? I mean, if you can share with us and how were you able to overcome these challenges? Because as you say, especially since it's the first of its kind, it's the largest yeah. you know, restructuring exercise ever. Uh, could you share some of the challenges with us and how you were able to yeah. overcome them? Okay, the, the first one is because uh, it's never happened before, right? Of course, in conventional, there are some um, restructuring more or less like, like, like this, but the problem is because it is in Sharia. So we involve um, the government body, but they have no experience also in Sharia. Um, secondly, we also involve the, the regulators because we have to keep coordinating with the regulator in order to ensure that um, this, this transaction is also governed with uh, the government regulators, um, the, the, the central banks and so on. Mm-hmm. So we involve also uh, the prominent uh, law firms, yeah, uh, auditors yeah, from uh, the law firm, for instance, we involve the Allen and Avery in Indonesia, EY, Pricewaterhouse. Basically, we involve, um, and the most important thing, of course, the, the uh, Sharia uh, supervisory. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they, they, they have to ensure that this all these transactions is um, 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 comply. So that's the reason why this process almost happened in one year, one full year, because I have to, we have to ensure that um, all uh, stakeholders are aligned in terms of the, um, uh, the, the, the governance. And um, uh, after the restructuring, could you maybe tell us what kind of plans does Bank Muamalat Indonesia have in the next 12 months, you know, how does the uh, the recent uh, restructuring uh, affect the future plans that you have or anything that you can share with us and our listeners yes, of what sir. we can expect from the bank? So uh, this uh, the transaction brought a significant positive impact to almost all financial indicators. Mm-hmm. Our non-financing performance dropped from almost 5% to only 0.66%. Mm. And actual is capital decrease ratio. So after this corporate action process, yeah, from previously only 15%, now our uh, capital decrease ratio increased up to 32%. So actually, we have a rooms for um, increasing our, our business. And because now the owners of the um, Bank Muamalat is a high fund management agency, we'll be focusing on that segments. We are going to focus on the Islamic segments. The, the Hajj and Umrah ecosystem, as well as the Halal um, ecosystem. And in addition to that, we'll be focusing also the, from the SOA, yeah. um, the corporate SOA, and um, that's what we, we plan. So basically, uh, by having a much healthier uh, of the financial uh, indicators, now I think Bang uh, Muhammad is ready to take up, to turn around the business. And uh, I think after the corporate actions, our uh, overall business now is back to normal. Well, let's talk about the Islamic finance and banking industry in Indonesia in general, if, you, if, if you're okay with the, yeah. generally speaking about it. Uh, I would like to hear your you know, opinions or some insight from you on how you think the industry is doing uh, currently. And what do you think can be exciting that we can look forward to in the Indonesian Islamic banking industry? Okay, well, I think um, 
the fact that Indonesia is the biggest Muslim country in the mm. world. Uh, on the other hand, our market share is very um, low. Still only a six point five percent. Yeah, uh, from two hundred seventy four million uh, people in Indonesia, eighty seven percent are Muslim. So I think uh, the market share of Islamic banking in Indonesia are considered still very small. So on the other hand, I think the the positive um, support from the government is also now in place. Like uh, they just uh, established uh, a national uh, body to ensure that the business of the, the Islamic um, uh, industry in Indonesia is uh, growing. So it just uh, just uh, just uh, three years ago they um, established that uh, that body um, uh, and lead directly by the vice president. With with um, and also now the the lifestyle of um, halal industry in Indonesia is also growing. With that um, um, fact, I think the confidence of the government to increase the market share up to 10% in the next five years is uh, um, realistic. And yeah. um, could you speak on like I know that a few years ago. Uh, I think there was a regulation or an instruction from the regulator uh, asking Islamic banking windows to be separated into standalone yeah. Islamic banks. Um, and I think the same regulation applies for insurance companies or Islamic insurance companies. Uh, what do you think of this uh, regulation? Do you think it's something that could be yeah. met? Yes, I think um, in 2024, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the, the regulation should be uh, established, right? Almost right. the Sariah Windows should do as a kind of a spin-off, right? But yes. I'm sure after the development in the last, five, last 15 years, the, the government should revisit whether this regulation is uh, still fit for uh, the current development of this industry. Because... 15 years ago, when this um, regulation is launched, they expected that um, by having a full-fledged bank, the growth, the penetration of industry is much faster. But however, if we learn from the, the, the current development, even under Saria window, some banks are growing much faster than the, 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 the full-fledged bank. So my view, my personal view of this uh, regulation is uh, the government should let let uh, the banks, the corporations, the owners of the bank to choose whether they are happy with this model, uh, Windows model, let them um, develop the business as a Sharia window. If they are already happy with this uh, full placement, they, we, they have to facilitate to ensure that the banks are growing under a full placement. So just like what happened in Malaysia, right? they, they are okay. If they want to, to run the business with the Sharia windows, they will support or a poor principal. Also, they are, they are okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I think that's it. Uh, that's our time. Uh, I'd like to thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and for spending thank some you. time with us. Thank you, Ahmed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.